Um, all right. So hit me with your paltry excuse for an opening bit. Okay. Uh, do you know what an OS ton is? Uh, no. Okay. So I stumbled into this world recently. I, I was looking up a list of computer mascots the other day. And um, I found a couple, you know, like the typical like Tux, you know, that is the Linux one. Mm-hmm. Um, Golang Gopher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferris, the, the Rust Crab. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about Ferris, but checks out. I love Ferris. Dude, Ferris is super cute. Uh, but so I was, I was there's Steve Ballmer, these... Steve Ballmer, the .NET Core mascot. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gets into there. I was looking and I was like, does Windows not have a mascot? And I, the the only thing I could ever, like, character I could put to Windows was, like, Clippy, you know? Mm-hmm. But they killed Clippy a long time ago. And so I started Googling Windows 10 mascot. So I'm going to send you this image right now. This okay. is what shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's official, I think. Yeah, that, that, it, it actually is. No, so there's it's this not. Thing, there's this thing called OS Tons. It started off as a, as a meme on 4chan, but then... Uh, Microsoft actually picked it up from like Windows 8 and on, maybe even Windows 7 and on. They commission and officially market with anime girls. There's and no way. Yeah, no, I'll send you the I'll send you there's the article. Just, there's simply no way. It, it's it's real. It's real. It's the official uh her that one, her name is Madobi uh Toko, which <laughs> I definitely said that wrong, but that literally translates to Windows Sill 10. <laughs> um, and she has a backstory like like she's uh from a hundred years in the future she works part-time doing street publicity that's really and cool. she's a fan of online games good for her <laughs> that's really cool but yeah like i couldn't believe it i i i actually couldn't the the lone mascot for windows 10 right now is an anime girl um yeah okay your opening bit one yeah, yeah. theme song because this is the motion pixels podcast i'm your co-host august meyer august say hello hello matthew uh is my co-host matthew rawlings say hello hello uh, and actually, Matt, when you say hello, just edit in um, audio of the Windows 10 mascot saying something. That'd be really cool Ta-da! if you could do that. <laughs> because this is the Motion Pixels podcast. Um, and Matthew, co-host, my dearest. Honestly, Matt, you're my favorite co-host of this entire podcast. I, I want you to know. Um, but my co-host, um, we have forgot one of our sacred rituals. Um, our producers, I, I can already, my producer's looking at me right now like she's going to slip my throat. Um, we forgot, Matt, to even go over what we're going to go over. We're flying blind, Matt. The, 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 the train has left the station and the operator is, you know, drinking a Diet Pepsi at the station. It's, you know, we're flying blind. What are we going to talk about this week, Matt? Dude, we're going to talk about PS5. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Defy Bloods. Uh, Defy Bloods. And, it sounded like you said Defy Bloods. Oh, yeah. Defy Bloods. Three, mm-hmm. well, two words, one number. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a tagline. <laughs> <laughs> two words, one number. No problems. Um, yeah, that. And uh, I want to talk about some 
future gaming things that are going to be coming up because I just got official confirmation that my Valve Index will be arriving on Friday, and I have a whole slew of things I'm planning on playing, and I'm very excited for that. So have like, you tried I'll, Beat I'll, Saber, bro? Have you? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Actually, yeah, we're just going to start with VR talk. Uh, I was about to pass the torch to you and let you take this where you wanted, but... This is like a map gonna... cast. The power yeah. dynamics have shifted. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're going to talk about VR, and what I want to start off with uh, isn't exclusively VR, but I'm very excited to try it in VR. Um, did you see the the reveal trailer for Star Wars Squadrons today? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play Rogue Squadron on the GameCube growing up? Uh, isn't it called, I think it's Rogue Leader on the, isn't it on the second, because uh, I think Rogue Squadron is the first one and Rogue Leader, I think is the second one on the GameCube. I could be wrong. Hit us up in the corrections, join our discord, go to the corrections channel, shout me out say, August, you huge fucking bitch, you huge dummy. You're wrong. And t- let me know. No, you're I'm right. pretty sure that's you're the right. case. Okay. Okay. At least and get out of the Rogue corrections Squad- channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogue Squadron is a series mm-hmm. and Rogue Leader is the GameCube game. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. I was just called it Rogue Squadron. Yeah, did you did you play that? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. Um, I was not expecting a new Star Wars flight game to come out, but I mean, it makes sense. Space battles, pretty great. Uh, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, well, they, they have Windows Windows uh, flight simulators generated by machine learning this time around, so they didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> they just yeah. they just pressed a button on the machine learning machine said, okay, make game. And then they were like, okay, uh, devs who typically make this, we have to have you do something. So they made a, what's it called? Just Star Wars Squadrons? I believe so, yeah. It looks dope. It looks like they're doing like a, like there's probably going to be like two, if there's any campaign, I don't know if it's just going to be like a 5v5, like multiplayer uh, dogfighting game. But if they do a story mode, it looks like it'll be from both perspectives, the Empire and the uh, the Rebels, the Rebel Alliance. So it looks awesome. I mean, what they showed is really impressive cinematics wise. Um, what's cool, uh, I thought, is they showed like, it looked like they were fighting, like like uh, doing dog fights on the, like around the cloud city. And I'm just a sucker for that aesthetic, those pink clouds and everything that looked awesome. There's like a Star Destroyer that like rises up from the clouds and the clouds like fall off of it like water. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty hyped. I think there is... A campaign. I think I read something that there's an original story that they're doing. That's, oh, cool. Uh, it takes place right at the end of the original trilogy. Um, oh, so, yeah. It's, it's after Return of the Jedi. I, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool. I'm just really excited to play that in VR because I think, uh, like, I, I bought um, this week, it was on sale. I bought Elite Dangerous because uh, that has VR oh, yeah. support. Yeah. Wait, is uh, that, okay. Bought- is that the one? Where you pay like $20,000 for the spaceships, no, or is that a no, different no. one? That's, That's Star, Star Citizen. Star Citizen. I get those confused. Why do yeah. I get those confused? Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. Uh, I, well, I was talking to my friend about this, but um, they were both announced at about the same time. I think Star Citizen announced that it was being made and started seeking funding. When at the, like, I think maybe like a month later, and I think these are both in like 2011, 2012, uh, early, you know, 2010 decade. Um, okay. uh, but elite dangerous started seeking funding after star citizen and in the time that star citizen has been announced to now, which is it's still in pre alpha or something elite dangerous has, uh, gotten funded, developed, came out, released DLC 
and it's now an old game. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Star Citizen is still pre-alpha, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I've heard Elite Dangerous is cool. It has VR support. I think, I think like uh, games like where you're in a spaceship, right? Like Squadrons or Elite Dangerous are good starter VR games. Are good games to introduce people to VR because I think the cool the coolest part about it is like you can get the immersion of VR, but like still in a seated thing. So you can, a lot of headsets can do it, especially if they don't have like motion tracking, you know, cause uh squadrons is going to do cross VR or cross platform VR play uh, between PSVR people and people with VR headsets on PC, which I thought was wow. really neat. I didn't see That's that. Really coming. Impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know if it's, you're going to, I think the entire game is first person. I don't know if they had details, but, I don't know if they're going to like differentiate like if I can play with you if you're playing normal and I'm playing VR. I don't know how different that is. I don't I don't see why you would, but it's cool that we're going to a point where crossplay is standard kind of, you know? Like that was that was just very surprising that a new game that's still on the old generation of consoles, not even on the new ones, um or at least not exclusively on the new ones. Uh, is just going to throw in crossplay, especially from Sony. It's pretty surprising. Yeah, hopefully it's the start of you know just that being the norm, or maybe maybe it is the norm now. Um, but that's that's pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm looking right now at the uh, the studio that's doing Squadrons, their Wikipedia page, which is very sparse. Um, but it's it looks like it's the same company that did the space battles from Battlefront Two, the recent Battlefront Two. Oh, cool. That's good. Yeah, that, that's. Because I think this game's also like the new debut of the new Frostbite 2 engine or something. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Which uh, it's good that it's an experience team because you've heard all the crap about people deal with like when they make with Frostbite, right? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I, I, have you read uh, <laughs> Blood, Sweat and Pixels? The Jason yeah, that's Schreier what book? I'm referring to. Where like the, the teams that since it's an internal engine they only have like internal support and the teams that always get it are like the uh the fifa devs or something like that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) yeah and like there was that weird story where like uh the need for speed team had to use uh frostbite but frostbite was like there was some hard-coded part of the engine where the player character had to hold a gun so they like their cars in the code are technically holding guns they just don't render them something like that what yeah (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) i did not i didn't know that yeah it's pretty silly tools dude tools you know humanity you know mankind but uh you know circling down a little bit to uh star wars squadrons um i i wish you know the common complaint these days i wish it was gameplay but apparently it was um in engine and it looked really good i have no doubt um judging by um, a, this is the team that did part of Battlefront 2, which looks incredible. Um, this sounds like this is going to be like a next-gen game. So um, I think it's probably going to look close to what we see in the trailer. I, I, I mean, I don't have many doubts graphically about this team. I have doubts, you know, that they won't nail the microtransaction side of things or the multiplayer might be weird pay-to-win, something like that. But um, I think I, I'm excited for like yet another star Wars game to get you immersed in the world um, to, at the level of, of battlefront two, which 
I mean, almost looks photorealistic. You're running around, you know, Dagobah or whatever and stuff. It, it, I mean, that game looks amazing. We talked about it on a, on a PP on a previous pod and, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a great game. So yeah, Star Wars Squadrons looks really cool. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, what else are we excited about this week? Uh, I am excited about, so you were talking about the PS5 event. Um, there was a couple, honestly, two things in this PS5 event that I thought were that, that blew me away. Um, first of all, um, and this is really in chronological order, um, as they were shown, the Demon Souls remake looks incredible to me. It's like, I just think it's really cool that a studio like Bluepoint, who very masterfully did the Shadow of the Colossus remake a few years ago, in like 2017 or 18, I think, um, that they're tackling Demon Souls, which feels at this point like a modern classic. Like you could say that Shadow of the Colossus is a is a classic, but that came out what three, four, um, three generations ago um, at this point. So that that to call it a classic seems you know, kind of appropriate, but Demon Souls came out, you know, a generation after that. So it's cool to see, you know, what are new, what are on paper, newer games getting the classic treatment. And it seems like they're taking like a little bit of their own approach to a FromSoft game and FromSoft, from software typically makes a game that only, at least how I see it, like only from software could have made this game. They just nail such a tone with all of their games, like say what you will about them, you know, if they're too hard or if they're just not your thing, or if they're too, too dark, you know, aesthetically or tonally, a From Software game looks like a From Software game. And I think it's just really cool that Demon Souls, this new one, um, like the, the trailer for this, the remake was almost shot for shot, the um, intro to the actual game as, as it, as it exists now on the PS3. But the fact that it looked so much like, kind of a new artistic direction for the game. It just got me really, really excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm super hyped. I, I am one of the few people that when dark uh, demon souls came out, bought it over Skyrim. Um, yeah. I remember that. I remember <laughs> so, that. I was like, and I was idiot. called crazy what are you doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm very hyped about it. Um, you said you had another announcement that yeah. Okay. About that? The announcement that I think blew all of the other, announcements out of the out of the way this is a game that we've been waiting for for what seems like years bug snacks uh no i'm just kidding bug snacks does look great and i am excited for it um we can talk about bug snacks too but um no resident evil 8 village that trailer was perfection in in my eyes it drew you in you didn't know what it was going to be it doesn't seem like a resident evil game because resident evil is all about you know bioweapons you know in japanese it's the series is just called biohazard and it didn't look like there's a lot of biological weapons in this game because it's like looks like some like blair witch meets hereditary meets the wolfman type stuff and there's like a coven of witches there's like a van helsing guy there's someone turning into a werewolf and then at the end the like the camera zooms out over this village like it looks like a it looks like kind of like the village honestly in resident evil 4 um but it's in this like mountainous region and then on the screen it flashes village i'm like oh that's a cool new ip but then the uh the l's and the i in village start to flicker and then the the screen just goes resident evil 8 in roman numerals and i my mind was just absolutely obliterated i was so stoked um like a new mainline resident evil i'm a big fan of the series um 
Chris Redfield is going to be in this game. And the last time I remember playing as Chris Redfield, I was punching a boulder um, into, you know, until it exploded with my bare hands. And now Chris Redfield is this like gritty, hardened character who in the trailer, like kills the main character. I I think this is what he's doing. He kills the main character's wife from Resident Evil 7 right in front of him. And the main character, Ethan from Resident Evil 7, who looks like you're going to play in this in this game, just screams, why? Like super anime, super dramatic. And it just looks like such a cool direction for the for the series. It's still first person. Apparently, it's going to be like not necessarily open world, but exploration heavy. So I'm guessing there's going to be bigger environments. Um, I'm just so excited. Resident Evil 8 looks amazing. Yeah, I was pretty hyped about that. So those two games are the only things you're really excited about? Those are just the things that I the, like pretty much took my breath away. Like when I first saw that Demon Souls trailer, I just couldn't believe that like a company that's not from software is going to like be given a from software IP to mm-hmm. like kind of do their own take on although it's honestly probably going to be really similar um it just seems like like hollowed ground that's being being uh stepped on like in a good way um and then the resident evil 8 trailer was such a debate and so well executed that i just i was blown away but i mean i was thinking all week about bug snacks that game looks amazing too i i, I really like octodad and the same developer is doing this game where like First of all, the theme song for it has been all over Twitter. And I actually saw a, the, the theme song is like, talk about bug snacks. It's like super poppy. And they're just talking about bug snacks in the song. And I saw a version of the Resident Evil 8 trailer where they put it to that music, to the theme song for bug snacks. And it actually works really well. So um, hopefully there's some crossover content there. But it's this game where you're like on an island where the bugs are snacks like strawberries and hamburgers and pizza like cloudy with a chance of meatballs style and anytime you eat them one of your body parts will turn into that snack that you ate and uh there's some gameplay attached to that i guess and uh it just looks so goofy so i I, thought it was cool they showed that i think bug snacks is gonna have a bigger uh debate second trailer than resident evil was what do you think do you think it's gonna like have a dark turn or something i oh you can see it yeah if you watch that bug snacks trailer again there's some like weird unsettling thing or like tonal shift you can feel like it doesn't happen directly but there is some weird ominous thing hinted at then and i think this trailer is leading up to a giant debate where like, it looks like a really cheery, wholesome game. I think it's going to have a really dark turn. Um, <laughs> I, I doubt it'll be like that dark. I mean, it's by the Octodad team. Yeah. But it, I, I imagine it's one of those games where it's going to maintain this cheery visual style, but it's going to have some really like, almost like, I don't know if there's a good comparison, but like almost like odd world level, Mm-hmm. of death that's being thrown around that's a really good comparison actually um yeah i i totally see it going that way like that character that runs in and he's saying something's happening in like the village or something and he needs him to come immediately it was like a lot different than the rest of the tone of the trailer and like there was some other thing that happened at the end that made me feel like that too but i, I like what's another game um Oh, I just had it in my head. Oh no. Uh, whatever. I, it like the, just the tone of it. It just feels like it's leading up for this. Like, it's like a, almost like we happy few. That's what I was thinking of. You know, sure. how, like at the beginning, it's like all trippy and psychedelic. And it seems like this weird, like happy world. And then it turns out there's like this weird dark thing that's happening in the background. Yeah. I it's think like Bugsnax, the, it's going to be like that. 
It's like the Twin Peaks thing where it lures you in with this like cheery, idyllic, like Pacific Northwest town just being goofy and there's all these crazy characters. And then it turns into like demons and aliens and like the darkest yeah. parts of humanity. Um, I doubt it'll be like David Lynchian <laughs> levels of, you know, messed up. Um, I doubt it's going to, you know, probe into like the duality of man and whatnot. But yeah, you're probably, you know, I, it'll probably have some weird stuff. I mean, the game is kind of based around like body horror, like your body mutating. You know, it's like Bioshock, but for kids. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bugsnax, I mean, that's one to watch for sure. But I know, I think what you were probably most excited about, just knowing your, um, uh, knowing your taste is uh the ratchet and clank uh riffs of fart uh game uh almost that's one of the things i was most excited about uh i thought that entire um not entire but i thought a majority of that presentation or just that presentation as a whole was really good there's a lot of stuff i didn't care about that was shown but there was just this sheer number of games that were shown off and there's like at least five and i'm sure there's ones i'm forgetting that i that it's like oh that was announced too i can't believe it um that are standout things to me like uh the spider-man expansion that looks, looks so great sick, dude. miles looks so morales sick. awesome uh, i think ultimate. it's more of a standalone i think they announced it's more of a standalone dlc yeah whatever a, like expansion the, it's a shifting thing but it's like it, when i say expansion i mean like it's not a sequel but it's like building off what the first one laid down you know yeah it's like a standalone sure, sure, sure. expansion whatever it's mini, it's like a that mini uncharted game, game that yeah. uncharted lost legacy it's i think it's it's very similar to that yeah i hear people compare it to that i've never played lost legacy or know what it is but i imagine it's since everybody says it's like that probably is um but yeah that looks sick uh ratchet and clank was up there i i thought what was most impressive about that was like that's like in a weird way the showpiece game for Mm -hmm. the ps5 not because of like because this this console generation isn't about like graphic fidelity it's about load times and all the cool things you can do now that you didn't have access to do as a game developer like loading environments in like two seconds (laughs) um and having people constantly shift between these drastically different areas uh you could tell they are really proud about that tech because that's what the entire trailer was and with the entire game seems to be based around. So um, that looked really cool. I've been a Ratchet and Clank fan for a long time. So uh, I didn't play any of the PS3 ones when they were doing those. Uh, I think a few were good, but nothing uh, to touch the original trilogy. Um, so I'm hoping this one is great, but just like that was like a really good tech showcase. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't have expected a Ratchet and Clank game, which, you know, a Ratchet and Clank, uh, a Ratchet and Clank game, uh, was released maybe in like 2017 or 18 that I think was like supposed to be pretty good, but you wouldn't think that like th- the next game in that franchise would be the system, not system seller, but like system technical showpiece. You know, yeah. that's just, you know, it's pretty, pretty bold move from a studio like Insomniac who also, who also has Spider-Man going for them. Yeah. It's crazy. Especially after like the one that came out recently, I think was okay, but it was the the one they tried to tie in with a movie and it did, the movie did awful. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the game it. suffered too because they like, all the cutscenes were basically like scenes from the movie or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it was weird. Dark times. But um, the next game I got really hyped about 
was, and it was probably the one I'm most excited about uh, out of the whole showcase. Oh, um, I know what you're going to talk about. And I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Kenna? Is that what you're thinking of? No, no, you go on. Then I'll, then I'll say what I'm ashamed yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, Kenna, uh, do, you, do you remember seeing that game? You know yeah, it looks is? awesome. Kenna yeah. looks amazing. It's this, they didn't really show gameplay, but I guess the No, studio, they did. They for sure did. Is that okay? I couldn't, I couldn't tell because it blended so well. Um, but the background is like, this is like a, I guess like a third person, like adventure game, kind of like what you would have got out of, um, that style of game was really big in like the PS2 area, not era. It looks uh, like yeah. cameo, it looks like cameo, but a little more mature. Looks yeah. like you're like, you're like a forest, you're like a, like a, like a, not a shaman, like a druid. You're like a druid, right? Yeah. You're like, but like the studio that's making this has never made a game before and they're like primarily an animation house and that shows so well like it looks like a pixar movie oh yeah that's exactly what i was thinking which a lot of people say but this is i feel like the first time it's been like a true statement that a game looks like a pixar movie in like the quality of the visuals and the quality of the animation that was shown off Mm -hmm. Uh, and even like the theme like it has this weird like uh eastern chinese or like some sort of asian uh historical like setting like back in like you know ancient times uh kind of vibe where it's like temples and overgrown forests and magic and things like that it gives Um, me kind of like uh princess mononoke vibes like the ghibli film yeah it just looks so unique and well done like i feel like that's just gonna be like a really well done adventure game mm-hmm. um that's gonna look amazing and probably have a good story with it too even the the storyline in the trailer was good because they had this like voice the entire time that's like describing the world and like setting everything up and it's like this old guy and it like the, your mind goes to like this is the mentor right this is the this is the old old martial arts teacher who's like training you but it's the villain the villain's the voiceover thing the whole time and that's just like a really good like creative twist that i don't know like i i thought that trailer was so well done it got me so hyped for the game that was the thing that in this presentation um made me decide that okay i am getting a ps5 uh i missed out on so many good ps4 games this last generation because i uh bought an xbox one like an idiot um and (laughs) xbox ended up being great the xbox one was the worst choice if you had a pc yeah, if you had a PC, yeah. that's just like yeah. having a bad. In PC. my situation, yeah, like because that, that's a whole separate conversation. But yeah, Microsoft had nothing good this generation. Um, but yeah, so that that made me decide PS Five for sure. And then on top of that game, there's all this other great stuff that's coming out. Like like you said, uh, Resident Evil Village. Um, oh my god, looks so sick. Uh, I like it. I'm mad. I'm forgetting all these, but there's okay, just so many great things announced. What What did you think I was gonna say? That wasn't Kenna. Okay, that's what I was gonna bring up. So, yeah. well, I think this might have been the last trailer they show. They showed. I could be wrong about that, but um, the new Arcane Studios game. First of all, I just, I just, I'm coming off of watching. I went on like a bender of like this YouTube hole where I watched like every single no clip documentary. And I, I plugged them before, but Noclip is this amazing YouTube channel that does these really in-depth documentaries, like legit documentaries where they're interviewing these studios, like game studios about like crazy games they've made. And they did one a few uh, a few weeks ago um, on Arcane Studios, which is the studio that did Dishonored 
um, and a bunch of other games. Oh, okay. And the new Arcane Studio game is uh, Deathloop, which is this like 1960s spy thriller inspired funky roguelike game where you're this guy who is like a spy who's been burned it looks like where this organization has decided that it's time for you to die and rather than just kill you they put you on this like inception style island where you wake up every day and are hunted by hundreds of like professional assassins who are on this like purge like party day and you die and then wake back up and do it all over again and it has some sort of like asymmetrical multiplayer aspect to it um that was kind of like revealed in this trailer where you play as this guy who's being hunted by all of these assassins and has to like kill a certain number of like these illuminati kind of figures to end the loop but complicating that is someone else can play as this other assassin who's specifically out to get this guy and uh it showed gameplay of someone playing as her so i wonder if that's going to be like a souls style you invade someone else's world and they have to deal with you this like highly trained assassin trying to kill them while you're trying to kill all these other assassins who are you know computer controlled um it just looks super stylish it did all of the dishonored stuff where you're zapping around sipping around teleporting um up walls sneaking up on people but um it had tons of gunplay like you're getting these crazy kills with all sorts of different guns in the trailer um it looks super gory the style is really cool it's like if the purge had better art direction is how i would describe it like everyone has these really cool masks um like all of the all the different assassin teams and it's all like it, it honestly the trailer felt like it was like directed by like tarantino um, with how like funky and stylish the music was just pumping the whole time. And uh, I just couldn't get over to, they had the developers, <laughs> they had the developers themselves introduce the game at the, uh, at the Sony event. And this guy who I had just come off seeing uh, in the Noclip documentaries talk about Dishonored and all these other games he had worked on. He's this French guy, bald head, like big twirly mustache. He like looks right into the camera at the, at the PS5 event and is like, you want to see some cool gameplay? Check this out. <laughs> and now he's like you want to see some stylish gameplay check this out and it's it's death loop and it just looks awesome i uh i i think i thought it hit all the right notes too i would say that's probably my uh like the the okay, coming in coming in a very close third for uh, a thing that knocked my socks off at that at that presentation yeah i i really like that game's uh presentation like I, I thought the theme looked really cool i don't know that wasn't one of the ones i was really sold on as um something i want to get like of all the other because everything i was really excited about is kind of like adventure game based mm -hmm. like like i like shooters but i don't really like single player shooters um and i also don't like that style of asymmetric gameplay they showed uh but i'll probably try it um the theme looks really cool but yeah that just that style of game wasn't something that's super uh appealing to me but um the i think the last game at the presentation what also is pretty hype since that i think is coming out this year right the horizon 2 yeah horizon forbidden west is what it's called uh, i think it's horizon zero dawn 2 forbidden west <laughs> no it's I not it, no yeah. it's not no yeah. it's not dude it's just called horizon forbidden west no way it's called horizon zero dawn forbidden west there's no a way, 2 dude. in the title for sure i know that i'm i'm gonna go on their website right now and debunk this I, this I'm myth is gonna get busted right dude. now 
call me Jamie Heineman because this myth is busted. Um, let's see who are we I'm pretty yeah, with? dude. It's Horizon Zero Dawn Two Forbidden West. What's your what source? A mouthful. What's your source? Um, I see Horizon Two Forbidden West. I see actually a lot of things. Yeah, what's the maybe what's they, the company that makes they this? I don't even know. It's Guerrilla Games. Let's just go on the Guerrilla I'm Games seeing, website. Yeah, okay, yeah. Go to their site. I, this is confusing. What a weird. It see, this is what happens when your title's too long. Um, okay, we're going on the at Guerrilla Twitter, where they have a link to their website, where they, of course, will talk about their hit new game. Their hit new game. Are you serious? They do not. Oh, it's called. Oh no, Matt! I think you might be right because on their yeah. on their website they have a uh, wait. Do they? I don't on their website. Why don't they have a ad for their new game that was just announced? <laughs> they don't. No, it's just called Horizon Horizon Forbidden West. It's the, the on there's their a YouTube two channel. In the box though, uh, okay. I, I maybe, saw... maybe there's a maybe there's a two in the box. But I'm looking at the PlayStation what? specific YouTube channel, and okay. they call it Horizon Forbidden West. I, you know, really with Horizon Zero Dawn, I was hoping for Horizon Zero Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2, you know, in this tradition of Twilight, but that wasn't going to happen. You know, with, you know, they'd have to talk to Stephanie Myers and, you know, she would, there's no way she'd have that. But, um, I mean, it looked really good. It looks like it's set around San Francisco, um, but, you know, well, like I didn't a thousand think about years that. Looks, yeah, you see yeah. the Golden Gate Bridge. On the, like, oh, wow. The yeah, that's on the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wow. right there. Um, it neat. looks awesome. I mean, it looked, uh, I don't know how much of what we saw was gameplay, but that Horizon is like a game that you don't really, at least in my opinion, you don't really need to see the gameplay to know that it's probably going to be legit because that first game just seems so solid. That's another game that Noclip has a great documentary on. You should check out. But um, it looked cool. It looked like there's more. Um, I haven't played Horizon. I've watched like a full playthrough before, so I'm familiar with the story. Um, but it looks like there's all sorts of like animal life, uh, coming back, uh, in this one, which, um, seems like it'll, it'll play pretty interestingly into the, into the story. Um, you know, it looks like they're doing the next gen thing where they're going to have tons more colors. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn was, you know, a pretty colorful game, but this one is like majestic blue water on the West coast and, you know, big blue skies and clouds and, you're in like a jungle at one point and she goes underwater. I was joking with uh, my girlfriend when I was watching this, that um, they were announcing avatar two uh, <laughs> at the event, which famously is supposed to be, you know, the, the Navi go underwater. Jake Sully sees you underwater. Um, but uh, it is not avatar two. James Cameron wishes it was avatar two, but um, no, look good. Horizon forbidden West. looks really cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot. Like, okay, so I'm looking at all the games that got announced, and there's all these other ones I forgot, like uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. That looks interesting. See, um, Ghost, that's an interesting one that I, I want to touch on for a second, because that's a game that was announced at the Game Awards last year, I want to I want to say, maybe even two years ago. And when it was first announced, it looked like, uh, so it was announced to be the new game from... Uh, I forget the guy's name. I feel so dumb, but he's the creator of creator or like one of the main producers of the original Resident Evil games. And um, Mikami, Shinji Mikami, I think. Yeah, Shinji, I think his name is Shinji Mikami. Hit me up in corrections if I'm wrong, but um, it was supposed to be like his new uh, non-Capcom horror game after um, The Evil Within. Or I think it, it was at least it was at least him like supervising this like new generation of horror video game creators making a horror game. And the original trailer they showed 
looks drastically different in tone than this one, where the first one seemed like this like really spooky, kind of like maybe Junji Ito-esque kind of Japanese horror. Uh, this trailer they showed at the PlayStation event makes it seem like like almost like Mirror's Edge. Uh, Mirror's Edge, but like horror inspired, where you're fighting these like faceless demons in Tokyo by like throwing fireballs like your jet from Valorant you know, tossing your smoke grenades and shit, just zooming around double. It looks like there's, this looks like a horror game. That's going to have a double jump is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a horror game that has a double jump. That's a good way to <laughs> sum it up. <laughs> so I don't know how into it I am now because it doesn't seem as like atmospherically scary as it, as it originally did. And it seems like kind of low fidelity in a weird way where it looks like the graphics are really stylized, but not high. You don't get that high, um, not resolution really, but it just doesn't look like there's, like there's a ton of detail. It looks like it's like almost cell shaded in the way that um, the, the the world is built, which could, mm-hmm. could end up being really cool, but doesn't seem scary to me, um, which I was a little disappointed by. But still, it looks cool. You know, if I didn't yeah. have the baggage of knowing what it was before um, and being excited about that, um, it, it does look cool. Uh, this could be a really cool game. Yeah, and uh, Hitman Three, that was really surprising. I'm glad that's coming out. Um, yeah, that looks awesome. The Hitman games have really just been hitting ha, 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 uh, lately, and uh, the third one. I mean, it looks really cool. It looks like the same kind of deal. Like the, I think they said it's like the end of the World of Assassination trilogy, something like that. And uh, <laughs> God, I hate uh, that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yet another Noclip documentary series. This is how I know so much about Hitman uh, on the recent Hitman games, which is a pretty interesting history. Check that out. But um, yeah, it's cool because it seems like this game goes for like that, a similar kind of like super high class assassin a la like James Bond, like Casino Royale kind of thing. But um, seems like it's going to be more story focused than um, what I've seen from the previous Hitman games, which are really just like these crazy playgrounds to try different things and like see how many people you can clandestinely kill while dressed as like a flamingo. Um, but the the trailer was pretty serious. So um, I had to remind myself that like every shot they're showing of Agent 47 sneaking around, you know, like a palace about to assassinate someone could be played with him dressed up as a clown, you know, throwing rubber ducks at people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Before we move on from PS5 talk, though, uh, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on how the thing looks. Oh, it looks so dumb. It looks Thank super you. dumb. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm a really big fan of the the Xbox One Series X, which I think they're just gonna call it the Xbox. I think it's, it was this big confusing thing where they really just meant it. That's like whatever but the uh i think the the new xbox looks awesome it looks just like a really fancy pc whereas this ps5 <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna go into it you can just google ps5 meme or something and you can you can find all of the dumb photoshops people have done my personal favorite one that i've seen is uh cell like perfect cell from dragon ball <laughs> z his head you know turns into this this ps5 which has like these wings coming out of it with like a central round part it looks so stupid. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that is like, oh my God, this is going to get so dusty. Holy shit. Um, I'm really particular about dusting all my stuff. And there's so many nooks and crannies in that thing. It's so st- ugh, it's so dumb. I was just thinking to myself, why Sony? Why'd you have to be so extra with the design of your yeah. new system? I don't like the dual tone 
approach they're going with everything. Because like the no. way this looks, no it makes way. me think that every accessory and console is going to be this black and white theme, which I don't know. Like it just looks like an Oreo, like a reversed Oreo in a way. <laughs> like the console and I, like I don't like you. I don't like having my consoles or controllers be white like the, no the real issue thing about the wii is like when it's white it stains super easy you and know scratch, like, you see all the scratches scratch, way easier yeah like it's just not a good color to have things that you're constantly using with your hands a lot um so for the ps5 i think it's going to be the first thing i buy like a d brand skin for or something like that yeah um i'm sure there'll be a ton of them because so many people feel the same way oh yeah like i'm just gonna throw like some sort of black skin on the thing and then i think it'll look cool then i'll have that weird like blue light um but yeah i i i really don't like it uh are you gonna go digital or discless or those are the same thing digital <laughs> or uh disc drive uh well the one thing is the, the the digital which i'll be getting looks a lot better than the the disc drive which just like looks like this svelte perfect cell head but with a bump on it for where the yeah. disc drive is um pretty dumb but uh I'm, I'm definitely gonna go digital i mean my my pc tower doesn't have a disc drive um i am always annoyed whenever i have to put a disc into my playstation all of my switch games for the most part are digital um at least all the ones i play most frequently um so i think yeah i'm definitely gonna get the digital what about you i think i'm gonna go disc i i don't know i i don't like i love pc gaming but i don't like the concept of not owning the stuff i buy in a way like what's nice about consoles is you can still buy a game and then resell it and Mm -hmm. you can't do that on a digital one and they don't give you a lot of things to make up for that like the games are still going to cost the same price um and you can't share them and you can't resell them and the convenience is you don't need to put a disc in every now and then. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that trade-off. Um, and I don't ever plan on selling them. But I just, if I can get that thing where it's like, I feel like I'm getting better value in a weird way. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yes, I, I see just, what you're saying. And I, I, um, I, I think I'm pretty resolute in getting the disc one. But I see what you're saying. Like, I... Uh, I like getting sometimes for a game I'm really stoked about. Like I for the Death Stranding, I bought the freaking, you know, the baby edition that has the 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 steel case or whatever it's called, the steel case for the game, plus the like, you know, the full sized BB, you know, the baby in the vat of goo. So, you know, having the digital uh console, you know, there's probably gonna be less opportunities to buy dumb stuff like that. But again, you know, I'm kind of it's like an insurance policy against my future self spending two hundred dollars on another Hideo Kojima baby. No, see what's gonna happen is GameStop is gonna is gonna adapt and they're gonna start they're gonna keep selling the collector's editions, but uh instead of having like a disc inside, they're gonna give you a game code. That's see, all it's gonna I just, be. I know it's the same thing, but I would never do that. Because if like for Death Stranding, for instance, no way would I have just bought the baby on its own. But the fact that it's like the special edition of the game that, you know, I get in this nice case with, it just so happens to come with a, you know, a light up plastic baby in a vat of goo. Um, that's what got me to get it. But if it just comes with a slip of paper, that just steals so much thunder from it. I don't know. It's dumb. But when I'm buying dumb stuff, 
I like it my way. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, yeah. I just wouldn't do that. But um, consequently, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be buying tons of digital games just like I do now um, on the, on the PS5 digital. So I think uh, it's a pretty inevitable that that's just going to become the, the norm eventually, but I'll miss, yeah. you know, the opportunity to be like, dude, you gotta, you gotta check this out here, borrow this game. You can't yeah. do that with digital. Like I've done that, that with so many of my switch games. I've let, I've had friends that got switches and there's so many things that you want to pick up immediately. And it's like, yeah, here, um, borrow Zelda, borrow Mario, uh, mm-hmm. play all these. Cause otherwise people probably wouldn't, you know? Um, so it's nice to be able to, to share, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, one cool thing about the PS5 we haven't touched on that wasn't mentioned at the presentation, but I heard secondhand on the Easy Allies podcast, uh, friends of the show, um, that Astro's Playroom is going to... Astro's Playroom is the sequel to um, Astrobot Adventure, which is this game that you look at the Metacritic score and it's like... I don't know what the Metacritic score is, but it's super high. And people say it's one of the best like platformers on the PlayStation 4. Um, Astro's Playroom, the sequel to it, is going to be included with the console. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And it's yeah. not a VR game, I think. So that's I think also... it's VR compatible, but you don't have Ooh. to play it. I think that's the case. Well, I guess that doesn't matter. I'm I'm never buying a PSVR. Um, so very yeah, me <laughs> not important to me, I guess. Yeah, I if I'm going to go VR, I'd, I'd just go all the way. But I've heard PSVR is very cool. But um, yes, PlayStation. Very impressed by that presentation. The When Xbox does their, you know, first actual like... Um, I assume they're going to do a, you know, a big blowout event uh, at some point pretty soon. Um, they have a tough act to follow. Yeah. I mean, we can speculate on a lot of it, but I think theirs is going to be more about um, like, they're not going to have a cool console reveal. Cause I think the big reveal they're going to have is, Oh, Hey, look, we're going to be selling multiple consoles. I feel like everybody sees that coming at this point. Um, and then they're going to be like, hey, look, we actually have games this time. Isn't that cool? And, oh, hey, look, here's our uh, slightly better but still shitty uh, version of Stadia. Isn't that neat? Um, <laughs> that's all theirs is going to be. So hopefully they have good games. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. They have a tough act to follow. I truly think, and we can, we can maybe, let's put a bet on this right here, right now. I think Halo Infinite is going to wow people. In the same way that like God of War wowed people like that. I think Halo Infinite's going to have that weight to it when it's first really announced. They've had a couple cinematic trailers, but like the first actual big trailer for this is what Halo Infinite is, I think is going to blow people away with a emotional weight that um, I think it has to to really, you know, get the nod as like the like Halo being back in a, in a big way. Will you take me up on that bet? Well, I I don't disagree, so I can't. Okay, we'll we'll just pay each other then. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Like that game. See, I could I could make the bet about Death Stranding with you because I knew that game looked fucking stupid. <laughs> so, but like Halo Infinite, all they've shown is the ring, and they this studio has put out two bad Halo games and an initially buggy port of all of the original ones so they have a bad track record but they also have a good track record because they've been building up like the master chief collection is great now um and it's coming out with bugs on pc but they're fixing it quick and it's uh playing well and performing well so it's very promising technically so i wouldn't be surprised if you know they looked at five and were like wow um 
we lost sight of what Halo is and really took a step back and did like a, it's not going to be like Breath of the Wild, you know, uh, kind of reimagining, but I imagine, I imagine they're going to go back to something really close to Halo 1. Um, and with Microsoft refocusing on games, I, I think there's a good chance that it's going to be a pretty good game, but we'll see. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot we, of, we uh, will see. We will see. A lot of uncertainty. After the first trailer, though, I'll, if we have differing opinions, I'll take the bet. Okay. That's I think fair. that first trailer is going to, or that r- first real trailer is going to speak a whole lot about the game. Yeah, they've been teasers at this point. We, we've seen two teasers, really, for uh, Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah. So I think once we get to that, once we get that first real meaty trailer, you know, that's going to, I think whatever they show next has to be the game, right? Because it, it's coming out this year. So I don't know. I think they I think they got to show their hand pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, people have been talking online about this like Mexican standoff that <laughs> the uh, two companies have been doing around pricing of the console because, you know, they just want to snipe each other's price down, you know, so um, it'll be it'll be interesting these these next few uh, next few months. Um, I'm much more looking forward to the um, tension and politics around the new consoles coming out. Um, than I am to, you know, the election, actual election cycle (laughs) that will be in this country pretty soon. Um, So I'm holding on uh, for dear life to these, these video game events, because they're a great, uh, great thing to be excited about. Um, But Matt, you're aware, um, just as much as I am, although we sometimes forget it, that we are a video game and movie podcast. Is that correct? Or am I in the wrong? I think so, and I would like to talk about the uh, two words, one number movie we mentioned. (laughs) Yeah, um, Defy Bloods, Um, not to be confused with how Matt called it, Defy Bloods, which you should never defy bloods. Um, Defy Bloods is about never defying bloods, really. But um, in addition to that, it is a really amazing, really amazing war movie um it's a vietnam war movie directed by spike lee and it just came out on netflix feels like it was like factory made for not factory made feels like it was you know lovingly handmade for these times um with police brutality being at the top of mind for a lot of people with you know the the struggle to just be black in america um being on a lot of people's minds right now with people in the streets uh yelling about this stuff um, to five bloods is this movie about these uh five friends who all fought together um these five black men who fought together uh together in war in, in vietnam and they're led by chadwick boseman the guy who played black panther and they um they find all of this gold in uh in vietnam and decide to like hide it for themselves and come back to get it but before they can, Chadwick Boseman is 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 killed in action, and the movie picks up like forty years later when these now four Bloods, as they were called, they were called the Bloods back in Vietnam. Uh, they meet up in Vietnam to go and find their friend's remains, who was killed in action, and find this gold to kind of uh, like get their lives back together because each of them has been, you know, had a really hard time after the war, like a lot of Vietnam veterans did. And, um, it's like, it's a great movie, man. This movie, this is just one of those movies you watch and you're like, okay, so this will be like 
a top contender for best picture this year. Yeah. Also, it's notable because it's the first movie to not in a gimmicky way use a Make America Great Again hat. Oh my god, dude! It was like so one of the one of the main characters of the film, uh, one of these Bloods, he is a like staunch like Trump supporter who like surprises all of his friends with how you know uh, anti anti immigrant he is. Um, and he comes to Vietnam wearing a backwards Make America Great Again hat. And that plays kind of a big role in the film. It's like how different he, like his time after Vietnam has led him, um, led him down this, this path where he's just this bitter old man, um, you know, bitter about the same kinds of things uh, you hear Donald Trump speak about. Um, but on top of that, he's this bitter black man who's had to deal with um, all of these racist, uh, like just the whole history of uh the whole history of America is racist, you could say, and, and the, for the part of his life um, that the show that the, the movie shows, he's always had to deal with that, and it's kind of set all these characters in different directions. Like a really cool part of the movie, a really powerful part of the movie is at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of their story together back in Vietnam. Um, I think this is like right after. No, I think this is. I think this is like right before they go and find this gold. Um, they all find out about Martin Luther King being assassinated and all just have to kind of like, they want to scream and go lash out. But the movie does such a good job of showing this Chadwick Boseman's character, like what a leader he was to his friends back in the war. And then he dies and how like his, the stuff he taught them has like changed all of their lives. It's just, it's, a, it's such a cool movie. This is like a really, really interesting movie. And that, uh, the story that I've talked about is kind of uh, not dwarfed, but uh, the style of the movie is is crazy. Like the entire soundtrack is Marvin Gaye music. And Marvin Gaye was this very outspoken critic of the Vietnam War, like Martin Luther King, um, that's talked about in the movie. And um, so you have this like super heavy story about these friends trying to find the bones of their fallen friend um, and also like not go mad while they're like trying to find this hidden gold uh but it's all set to this like funky uh like 70s marvin gay music uh it's just it's so cool and on top of that the all of the uh the scenes with chadwick boseman uh back in the vietnam war they don't have younger versions of these actors these older men who are coming back to vietnam in all the flashbacks it's just these older men playing their younger selves uh, in the vietnam war it's just this, the style of this movie is so well, on point. Not even only that, like when it will transition between a flashback and present day, it will make the screen go four by three, which is, yeah, cool. it's so neat. It's like the style of that is just so well done. Um, and like keeping the actors there and like showing that, like having the old guys play their younger selves, but having the one guy that died there being played by the younger self because that's the only self that ever existed you know i thought that was a really neat touch really interesting um yeah it, it was really well done and the movie shifts tone pretty hard too which is pretty oh, cool yeah like 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 the i don't know i i don't want to talk too much about it because if you haven't seen this movie you should go see it um it's on Netflix. You probably have yeah. Netflix. Go use your mom's account. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, use your ex-girlfriend's account. Go watch I'll, it. If you... the I think the first half of the movie is a tad slow. 
like not that I was bored or losing attention, but for being, I remember having this thought when there's this scene where they're on a gondola and they're going mm-hmm. to the jungle. I was like, it's kind of weird that this was marketed as a war film. Um, and not spoiling anything, but it, it picks up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sure does. It definitely picks up. Um, so I think it does deserve that title well. Uh, yeah, but it's just it like it it blends all of these genres and like has these homages to all sorts of like really impactful war movies. Like like that scene on the gondola you're talking about. Like it's all these like old friends goofing around on a gondola, like going down this river in Vietnam. Uh, I, th- I think the movie was actually filmed in Thailand, but in the movie they're in they're in Vietnam, and it's set to the Flight of the Valkyries, which you know was famously famously featured in uh, Apocalypse Now. An, a, another extremely impactful Vietnam Vietnam War film, um, where in 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 Apocalypse Now, the flight of the Valkyries is, accompanies these uh, like uh, what do you call them attack helicopters like descending on the Viet Cong um, in this really famous scene. But in this in this movie, it 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 uses the same setting, a uh, you know in Vietnam, but it's all these friends like goofing around with each other, and I th- I think that. It's like the way the director plays with these genres and these homages, but does his own does his own spin on it that works for the tone of the movie and what the movie's because the movie's not about war really. It's about these these friends who were affected by war and affected by racism, um, and affected by like the world in all these different ways. And I just think the movie did such a good job like blending all of these genres. It didn't feel overwhelming. It didn't feel like a like a like a Frankenstein job. It felt like extremely intentional everything it was doing. Yeah, it also felt like it felt this, this might sound belittling, but I'm trying to compare it in a good way. It, it it's like the essays you have to write in college where you have to take a theme and connect it with another theme in a seamless way and relate them and show the overlap. And this movie does that with the Vietnam War and the black experience in America where a, a theme that they show with um like very clearly in the scenes that are in vietnam is that even though the vietnam war is over it's never really ended in a way like there's still conflicts and there's still remnants of the thing and as the movie goes towards the end and like even there's bits and pieces of it throughout it kind of shows that all the conflict that was going on at the same time with the civil rights movement are still things that are going on and going on with this came out, which is insane that this was released at such a time. Um, and just, I don't think that was intentional. Like I, I remember this yeah. movie being marketed for the past few months. Yeah. It just, like I've been excited for it. It, it like highlights its point. It makes a thesis. That's very true. Um, it, it things from the seventies, big conflicts, the, the aftermath is still around. And in a lot of cases, hasn't been resolved like another little plot line is there's a character that um has a company that's dedicated to cleaning up landmines uh that are spread throughout and there's still this is an issue throughout the world from all these wars we've had like world war ii there's still uh bombs that are being found and being detonated like when in my time when i was in germany uh the i was the day like I think a few hours after I left the airport, they had to evacuate the whole Frankfurt area because they found a World War II bomb under a bridge. Um, Yeah, and it's like there's still stuff like that all over. And it's like in Vietnam, there's still all the landmines from this conflict that are just there and that 
a kid's going to trip over, you know, or like some farmer or anything. Um, and, and not just so literally, you know, mentally, like psychologically, the war and the racism that these pe- these these men experienced, like in the beginning of the movie, they talk about how they these men got got to be so close with each other because in the Vietnam War, the black soldiers were sent first to be kind of like cannon fodder for like against the Viet Cong because we didn't know what we were doing in Vietnam. So these guys these guys were sent in. They 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 talk a lot in the movie about that there were these just soldiers in an unjust war, and these guys had to stick together and like really become brothers because they were treated so unfairly and treated like less than all of the other soldiers in the war in this already horrible war. Um, and that on top of that, messing them up, they get back, uh, they get back to the United States after the war and, you know, still deal with all of the, the, the things black people deal with today. You know, not a whole lot has changed. And a cool part of a, about the, a cool part about the movie that it's like a recurring thing they do this. So the timeline of this movie is jumping all over the place, right? It's like sometimes in the Vietnam war, sometimes, you know, modern day. Um, it does this thing, uh, very similar to what, what Matt, did you see Watchmen, the HBO series that came out last year? No, I didn't. Okay. You have to see it. It's, it's incredible. It touches on all, a lot of these, uh, these, these racial issues too. Um, but, uh, uh something similar to, um, uh, what happens, something that happens in an episode of Watchmen, um, is shown in this movie where the Viet the Vietnamese uh, had these radio shows where they had a disc jockey. I think this is I think this is true in real life named uh, Hanoi Hanna, who um, was this disc jockey who would play uh, play music that went out to um, the black soldiers fighting for the U.S. Where she would talk about how um, the Vietnamese recognized that these these black people fighting for the United States were treated like shit by the United States. Like it was plain to see by everyone that they were there initially to be cannon fodder. And then when they went back home, they were treated horribly. Like this takes place in the seventies, you know, right after, right after Martin Luther King was assassinated, you know, this peaceful guy trying to bring about peaceful civil, civil rights change was murdered. And the, the movie deals with this, like this theme of like, how can these guys, these black men from America fight for their country in this unjust war when their country treats them worse than the, the Vietnamese are treating them, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and there, there's this recurring like radio host who sends out these broadcasts um, to like the bloods, you know, almost specifically that drills, that drills this point home. And um, it's just so cool. Like this, the generational impact that this movie nails um, reminds me of some of my favorite uh, favorite pieces of, of, of fiction. You know, I always, uh, I always bring things back to Metal Gear Solid, but over the weekend, I, I watched a uh, full playthrough of Metal Gear Solid three, which takes place, <laughs> oh uh, <laughs> which takes place during the cold war and gives you this sense that the, the war machine hasn't really changed, you know, throughout the entire history of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And, you know, it's it starts in like the the early '60s in 1964, this first game, and uh, talks about like how the events uh, the events that change people in war, you know, ripple out throughout history and never really change. You know, like war never changes. That the, the famous line from Fallout, but Defy Bloods, you know, really like hammers that home. Like the things that these men experience in their young adulthood carry with them for life like the war never really ends for them uh like the this this character we're talking about his name was paul in the movie 
uh, Paul is this like Trump supporting guy who's super bitter, this old man who always, always talking about how he was, he's been shortchanged his whole life. Um, the movie kind of follows, you know, how like the, the way he's isolated himself after, after the war, um, and really his whole life has caused all of these other issues in his life that, you know, had he been dealt a different set, a different set of cards would have, would have turned out differently. But uh, a big part of the movie is him dealing with that as, as an old man. It kind of reminded me of that way. Um, in that way, it kind of reminded me of the Irishman. Did you see that, Matt? Yeah, I did. It, it reminded me of that with like the toll that a life that a, that a difficult life takes on you, like in your, in your later years, like defy bloods touched on that in a completely different way than the Irishman did. Um, but, um, I, I really think that, um, uh, Spike Lee just had such a, such a beautiful vision with this film. Um, and it, it really worked for me. Yeah. A great movie. Every, everyone should go watch it. Uh, very fitting for the times we're in and just a great thing as well. Yeah. God. So cool. What a, what a cool movie. Um, if you liked the story mode from NBA 2K18, I think, which was directed by Spike Lee, you will love The Five Bloods. <laughs> did, he really, did he direct that? Yeah, I think he did. I think it was 2K18. He directed <laughs> the story mode. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, guys, hit us up in the corrections if Defy Bloods takes place in the 2K-verse. <laughs> I don't think it does. But uh, you let, us, let us know if it does. That's a cool cool video game connection. <laughs> I don't know. I think I could... Uh, on that, that trailer they showed in the PS5 experience, I think I could see the trailer for Defy Bloods playing mm-hmm. on the close-up, like in the reflection of the sweat on that guy's face. Um, yeah. I yeah, be, I, you know... Yeah. Yeah, when Zion Williamson like broke the uh broke the hoop off of the uh off of the basket that he was uh he was dunking on, you could actually yeah, you could see on the sweat on his ear, you could see um Spike Lee rolling, you know, his his Spike Lee joint, which was to five bloods. <laughs> uh, that was that was also a funny thing. Well, <laughs> not to not to keep it on 2K, but uh 2K uh 21 was announced at the ps5 event and the joke with 2k is that every every year these games come out every year and every year they look a little bit better but the way they show how just how good this year's 2k is gonna look is they just keep adding more sweat to the players you know because sweat always looks kind of good like if you remember like when blu-rays first came out that's how they would market it a lot of the times they would show like with blu-ray you can see the sweat dripping down ricky bobby's face in talladega nights and they did that again with 2K, 2K21 without, without fail. Zion Williamson's face was just disgustingly sweaty. He was drenched and it looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's that ray tracing. Like <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Step aside, clank with your ray traced uh, metal face. Uh, Zion Williamson is here. Photo um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what an exciting time. There's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff out right now. Yeah, like... And this is just the beginning, man. These next few weeks gonna be insane. Gonna be crazy. Yeah, that, that is a cool thing about video games is that they haven't really slowed down. Like movies, I think have to slow down because you know I think it's we're really lucky that Defy Bloods came out when it did because it it was likely already finished uh, f- production by the time uh, the pandemic hit. But um, with games, they can just a lot of the time, you know, maybe a little slower. Uh, just keep on chugging. So. 
this summer is going to be pretty awesome to see all the all the stuff that comes out. We we've already seen all this awesome stuff. I'm I'm so hyped for what we saw, especially RE8. Ugh, I cannot. Ugh, I'm just so excited. And we have we have Cyberpunk coming up. We have Elden Ring. Oh my I'm sure, God, we're gonna find I out more about, about Elden Ring. Um, I um, we we can we can talk about that 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 stuff more at a at a later date, but. Um, because Elden Ring wasn't shown, Elden Ring is the new FromSoft X George R.R. Martin game, uh, directed by Miyazaki, the guy who directed the uh, Dark Souls One, Dark Souls Three, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro. Uh, he's directing this new game with George R.R. Martin writing the story um, and creating the world called Elden Ring. And because that wasn't shown at PS5, uh, PS5's event, I'm sure it's going to be shown at the uh, Xbox event. Um, so I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that. Um, Gosh, don't even get me started on it. cyberpunk. Oh, I, I really hope they will. I it's also, about time, right? It's about, cause Sekiro came out last year. They're, they're usually on the schedule. Time is a much different construct, man. It's like valve time times 10. Yeah. But I'm hoping that really he just like sent them a, you know, Google doc with like some characters and like a world he came up with. And Miyazaki is just taken over from there. That's probably for the better. Um, yeah, I hope that's the case. And for what they showed, it looks like like a like an even darker Lord of the Rings, but with like more severed limbs <laughs> from the the teaser they showed last year. I don't know. Um, I don't think they're gonna show much. Um, it doesn't have a release date, right? They never said when it was coming out. No, no. I mean, that'd be a huge power play if that were a launch title. Oh um, yeah, but nah. For Xbox or or PlayStation, that's for sure not coming for a bit. I also want to point out that um, I feel like everything you said you were hyped for when we were talking about uh, things we thought were going to be shown at the PS5 event, I don't think any of them were shown. Yeah, actually, I, it's funny you say that. <laughs> I, I have a... Are you talking about like shown as launch titles for the PS5? Uh, in general, I know you're like, you're hoping for what, like Final Fantasy 16 and Elden Oh, yeah. Ring you might have seen my tweet. I, I called my shot. Yeah, I was Silent sure. Hill. Yeah, the yeah. one thing, Gran Turismo, which is the safest bet ever. Like, I, <laughs> I, I would have said Gran Turismo for sure. But yeah, and that, you actually had a, a pretty good call. You said that there was going to be some really awkward social feature shown at the PlayStation event. And Gran Turismo's trailer, they had like oh my God. Run, of the mill, like, <laughs> run of the mill, like, you know, car racing simulator menu, uh, trailer. And then it just kind of paused for a second. And they just had like, they had like a little like AI character on the bottom left hand side of the screen have like a text dialogue box that had no audio that just said, this is your new social hub for Gran Turismo. Hi, I'm Melissa, and this is your new social app for <laughs> Gran Turismo 7. Please select an area where you'd like to explore next. Yeah, it really looked like they, like it, like 10 minutes before the event, they were like, shit, shit, they're going to kill me if I don't put this in. We have to show that dumb social hub. And they did, and it was pretty dumb. I mean, shout out to those developers. That game looks very good, and I'm sure the social hub will serve its purpose. But uh, shout out to Matt also for calling that there was going to be an awkward reveal of a social hub on the PS5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, what, I, what I thought you were going with that is the launch title, launch titles. And that's one thing about a lot of the, uh, uh, look, we've, we got back to video games. We were on this Defy Bloods kick. It was all fun and good, but uh, we're back on video games because this is a video game and movie podcast, not a movie and video game podcast. Um, but uh, the uh, launch titles for PlayStation 5 are, uh, there's a lot less of them than they showed at the at the event meaning most of the games they showed at the event are 
2021 games where the PS5 is probably going to come out holiday of this year, 2020. Um, and I have a list here, Matt, if you want me to read what the uh, confirmed PS5 launch titles will be. Are they? Are you talking exclusives or are you talking just in general? Uh, this is just in general. There's only there's okay. 15 of them confirmed so far. And you, you'll I, be able to pretty easily tell what the non-original or non-exclusive uh, right, yeah, games are. Let me hear them. I think I got my call right. I think I said uh, one to two, which I think is re- really what it kind of is. But go for it. Uh, I, th- I think you'll be surprised. So... Um, in, I guess, no particular order, you have Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Godfall, which is that, like, looks like Kingdom of Amalur, but it's published by Gearbox, and it looks like a, at least the trailer for this that they showed at the PS5 event was this, like, kind of, uh, over-the-top, zany, action, Diablo-y looking game, I guess. Um, but yeah, Godfall will be a launch title, Astro's Playroom, Dirt 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, outriders which is like a destiny style game that um there was some gameplay released a few weeks ago which looks pretty cool um observer system redux never heard of that destiny 2 beyond light jet the far shore which is that new game by the i think makers of swords swords and sorcery um by the super brothers um has this like very very dark mellow electronic soundtrack it looks kind of like journey-esque um in in gameplay maybe uh bug snacks also um death loop which looks amazing um madden nfl 21 uh, nba 2k 21 um vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 which was shown at the xbox uh gameplay reveal uh event a few weeks ago interestingly and rainbow six siege have all been confirmed as ps5 launch titles so at this event there was actually a pretty decent amount like i'm counting like one two three um four five six games shown at the event that will be launch games which is a pretty pretty decent amount yeah it's uh i mean i I, they have to have a good amount i think maybe we had a disconnect when we were talking but i like first party i thought was going to be pretty a lot slimmer than you were saying which um it definitely is first party games are a lot slimmer like death loop is not a uh not a sony uh sony developed game that's a that's an arcane studios game yeah um you got you got Marvel Spider Man. I don't know if Godfall. I don't think Godfall is is first no, that, party. That's Astro- definitely multi platform. I think Astro's all those Playroom, Bug Snacks isn't. Yeah, you really only have a handful of uh, first party games. I guess I guess Spider Man is the big Sony Studios. Sony, what is it? Sony Inter- Inter- Interactive Entertainment S I E Studios. Is that there? Maybe it's just called PlayStation Studios. Now that I think about it. But Matt, my question for you: What will you be uh, out of those titles that I just mentioned? Um, like what will you be picking up on launch day for PS five for the PS five? Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what game, like what you'll be getting the disc version of the PlayStation five and what games will you be picking up with it? Uh, probably I'm only going to get first party games on a PS five. I'm not going to get any multi-platform games on a PS five. So just Spider-Man, I guess, uh, Astro bot. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Astro's Cause yeah, just because that comes with it. I'm going to get Astros because it is bundled. Yeah, I, I really wanted to play Spider-Man, uh, the PS4 game. So I'll get the PS5 one. Um, I hope, uh, you know, honestly, I'm probably going to, as launch titles, I'm probably going to pick up a bunch of PS4 games that are confirmed to be cross-platform with PS5. Yeah. Like I'll probably pick up Sekiro, not Sekiro, um, Ghost of Tsushima. That you game get Bloodborne, really- dude. 
I don't know. If, if Bloodborne is going to be back, I'm not sure if it's going to be backwards compatible, but if yeah, it is, you should get it. It's I, I think awesome. we still have to put out a list of games, but I'm hoping it's like all of their first parties because I want to go back and play God of War, uh, yeah. Original Horizon, which is coming out on PC, so I can just get on that if not. Um, Until Dawn is a game that I've wanted to play. And oh, own, it's so good. <laughs> but you love Until Dawn. It's yeah, so good. I've wanted to play that for so long and I have just haven't been able to. Um, but yeah, the entire batch of the last of us two like <laughs> there, yeah. there's just so many games um that i think it's interesting launched. so you, you're saying you're gonna you're gonna get the ps you're gonna wait for the ps5 to come out to, to play last of us two yeah yeah i mean i'm not That's gonna cool. buy a ps4 now why would i do that it's a good point you know like i i know i want a ps5 i've been thinking about getting a ps4 forever and i got a uh, buyer's um paralysis last black friday because i couldn't decide between a PS4 deeply discounted or a PS4 Pro and I waited too yeah. long and they were all sold out so I just skipped. But this year I'll get the PS5 and I'll get, you know, the only version they have or I mean, you know, the, I'll get the disc version, only disc version they have. Um and get that. That's another perk of the disc version actually. You get to play you get to play your PS4 games. That's like if you point. own PS4 discs, you won't be able to. That's a, I have a lot of PS4 games. You know, maybe I'll have to. <laughs> honestly, yeah. maybe I'll get to just have to get the disc version. Damn it! With the freaking bump, so ugly. Yeah, maybe Whatever. they'll do so some weird upgrade thing version. where, like, the PS4 will shred your disc, or the PS5 will shred your disc, God. or something when you uh, tie it to your account or whatever. Oh my God! Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'll get the disc version too. Hell yeah! So, we, okay, bump my bros. my okay. So my bump list. Um, that I'll be putting into my bump. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get Spider Man. Uh, that's a game. I I mean I have a PS4. I have a PS4 Pro that I got to play Death Stranding. Um, but I have a whole bunch of other games for it too. Um, I just have not got Spider Man yet. And um, assuming that Spider Man Miles Morales will include the base game too, um, I'm sure it'll oh, look it amazing won't. on the PS5. Um, it, I mean I don't know. Could be this could be like a definitive edition kind of thing that has like PS5 I, ed- exclusive content. I doubt it. But. Um, but one thing also um, that you have to take note is that the Sony has said Sony or developers for the PS5 have said that there a lot of games will be coming to the PS5 um, that will act as kind of like hubs for previous content, a la uh, like the Hitman series. How like Hitman Three is already announced that you're going to be able to play all of the content from Hitman Hitman's One and Two in Hitman Three, and like what? all the if you've if you've bought that content before you'll have access to like those maps or whatever in, in Hitman three. What? Um, really? Like, like, how's that yeah, going to work? It's, like it's, in know, engine it's or cool. is it going to launch a new game instance that you, that's bizarre. That's um, really cool. I, don't know. I, th- I th- yeah, it is really cool. I think Hitman two does that. I think if you bought Hitman one, um, huh. all the episodes and everything, hmm. I think you just can play those maps. Um, that's cool. With, like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I mean, I I'm going to get Hitman three are... on my PC, so that doesn't yeah, matter, sure. but that's still a neat, <laughs> That's still a neat thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. So um, it's going to, I mean, it's going to be interesting, but uh, assuming that, you know, even if Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles, Miles Morales is, is just like this, this new story, Miles Morales story, um, maybe with like new areas or something in New York um, for sure. Get that because eventually they'll probably add the whole original spider game, Spider-Man game. If they don't at first, um, I'll definitely pick that up. Um, I'll definitely get bug snacks because um, that seems like a game that once I'm done, like chewing through the meat and potatoes, that'll be like, you know, the, the nerds rope that you eat <laughs> to, to <laughs> cleanse your palate. Uh, 
and that game just looks so funny. Uh, and then then Deathloop. Um, I you know we've talked about the the Joe roguelike experience that has encompassed my life lately. Um, and I love roguelikes, and it seems like it has roguelike roguelike elements, which I'm really pumped for. Arcane Studios, I've admired from afar from a while, so um, I'm just really pumped for that. I don't know if it's coming to Xbox, but um, if it's going to be a PS5 um, exclusive or timed exclusive, um, are you then? Wait, so are you getting all of these on PS5? Yeah, yeah, that, that that's what I'll be getting on PS5. Why not PC? Well, I don't think I don't think Deathloop has been confirmed for PC. Deathloop is it, it's not an exclusive um i don't see it on a list of the xbox's launch titles i oh it's a bethesda game i'm pretty sure it's gonna be a pc game as well let's see well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. platforms ps4 xbox one windows and i I guess now ps5 too so oh yeah well if it's available if it's only available day one on ps5 that's what i mean uh that's that's okay yeah i would pick it up uh pick it up for the ps5 but um yeah, I mean, pretty exciting stuff. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, well, we've gone to games, to movies, to back to games again. So now I think we should close this bad boy out. Yeah, I, uh, I, think, you're, I think you're correct because um, this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. I have been your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. And uh, Matt, I'm not going to say hello here. If you could just edit the uh, Windows 10 uh, anime uh, girl mascot to say something here, you can edit it uh, right here. Uh, Joined by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. And Matt, no need to say hello. You can just edit the same uh, (laughs) Windows 10 uh, uh, mascot saying, you know, a similar thing. You can do that right uh, here. Because this has been the Motion Pixels podcast theme song. I'm finished. Mail got to